This episode is brought to you by Gin & Co, author website design specialists. If you want a beautiful and functional website to promote your books and brand, reach out to Gin today. His work includes tailored, expertly designed, professional author websites. I finally have a website I'm proud to share. And we've got a special offer for Words and Nerds listeners. Reach out today and get a free domain name and website hosting for the first year. You can get their website essentials package, includes domain name, website hosting, backup and security, free for the first year with any website purchase. This is valued at $330 a year. Choose a website designed to bring your author brand to life. You can find more details about this special offer at ginand.co forward slash words and nerds. And you can check out my gorgeous new website, dannyb.com. Welcome to the 2024 series of the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm Danny B, author, publisher, and your podcast host. With over 1 million plays, thanks to you, listeners, readers, writers, creatives, teachers, librarians, and book lovers, Thank you for coming along for the journey where we bring you relaxed and real conversations about writing and creativity. If you love an episode, you can leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Danny V Words and Nerds Podcast. Or you can check out my brand new website designed by Gin and Co at dannyv.com.au. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. I am very excited to welcome a return guest. Danuka McKenzie is an Australian writer and book addict. Her debut crime fiction novel, The Torrent, won the HarperCollins Australia 2020 Banjo Prize and was published in February 2022. And she has gone from strength to strength with the next book taken and the third book, which we're going to talk about today, Tipping Point. And I even have proof of Danuka's fame, but we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> Welcome back, Danuka. <laughs> Hey, Danny. How are you going? Sorry, I'm laughing because of my previous conversation, but we're going to get into it. It's so about lovely to be here. Thank you. Danuka's fame, and she doesn't want me to mention this, but I have to because I noticed it. But first of all, we're going to leave people in suspense, and I want you to tell me an elevator pitch for Tipping Point. Okay, so Tipping Point, as you know, um, is the third in the Kate Miles series. So uh, the Kate Miles series is my police procedural series set in the northern rivers uh, of New South Wales, and it follows uh, my protagonist, Detective Kate Miles, and her family and her police colleagues, etc. So um, just like the previous two, it can definitely be read as standalone, but this is sort of the third in the timeline. So in this book, we meet Kate sort of um, in sort of about three weeks off from um, Christmas in December, and this book very much focuses on her brother Luke who's kind of mentioned in the other books but not really kind of the focus of the other books he's there but more in the background whereas this book very much focuses on his life he's this strange brother there's some you know family tensions which I've gone into in the in the previous books and um so when this book starts he is a strange brother who is coming home to Esserton for the funeral of a childhood friend um and basically within a couple of days of that funeral 
his other best friend from high school is found dead in his property. And um, pretty much very soon after that, Luke himself gets kind of uh, identified as a person of interest, which places sort of Kate in a difficult position, like a conflict of interest position in the case. And she kind of gets sidelined from the case. And of course, we all know that Kate does not do well when she's outside of things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then the story goes from there. Love it. And what I do love is when you said that obviously it's a it's the same character that you go through, but they can be read in standalone. I spend a lot of my life in airports, Janika, and sometimes you just want to pick up that book at the airport and you don't necessarily have read the others. So I think that's really clever. And then when you fall in love with those characters, you can go back and then read them all in whatever order. It's like a scattergun order. It is. Yeah, exactly. And I've done that with series where you kind of meet the character at a, you know, not at the you know the first or whatever whatever book. And then you can kind of go either back or forward. Yeah. Now we're going to turn our attention to your rising fame. I'll just give a little bit of a background for listeners here. We were just talking about, because I was feeling very bad, that I have a copy of Danuka's beautiful book. (laughs) And Danuka does not have a copy of her beautiful book. But what she does have is a poster which actually drew my attention to it. So she's got the torrent behind her, big letters, the torrent, little letters, Danuka. Then taken, huge letters taken, tiny Danuka. But guess what, people? Guess what's happened with the tipping point? Danuka McKenzie in like font 110 on the front cover at the top and then underneath is the top. This is when you know you've made it. How does that feel to be like a super famous crime author? Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. Um, You can't deny it though because you were were like, oh, oh, oh. Well, you know, I'll go with your theory, um, Daddy. Let's just uh, let's just go with that theory. Yeah, it, it sounds good. I'm, I'm all for it. it well, I feel great. like you're a crime novel household name now, and so people aren't even looking for your book; they're looking for Danuka. Oh. I love this. I do. And in all seriousness, I know I'm joking around, but it's so cool to have known you sort of before you got published and then winning the banjo, which is so amazing, then third book in. So I'm actually really stoked for you. You know how much oh. I love celebrating the success in this really hard industry. So oh, thank awesome. you, thank you. And, 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 and right back at you, actually, because it's been great to see sort of your, you know, like all the amazing things you've done in the few years, you know, like in these last few years since we've been doing this since that first interview my god you've had like I don't even know how many published novels now how many is it it's, it's quite a lot now yeah, a few picture books maybe serious, four or yeah. five and then yes like, yeah, some exactly. coming up well thank you yes. I'm gonna have to now like make some demands with my publishers I want my name to be like half of the cover please this is true <laughs> yes this is true now that I know that this is a thing this is what <laughs> and I'm they'll be like no get back to your box love <laughs> And they'll be like, oh, that was a total mistake. Sorry, that didn't reflect anything. It it looked better that way. (laughs) Anyway, I think you've made it. I'm really excited. So I should ask you some serious questions. Um, Serious questions. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, okay, go. Um, What I want to ask, and I, I really like finding out about this because when you wrote the first one, obviously, Kate Miles, you had to do that sort of character arc with one novel. Then you had to do it with a second novel, but sort of overarching. And now it's kind of, you've got to do this character arc over three books. I don't know if there's many more. There's another question I'm going to ask you. So what's the challenge or the advantage in then having to have this character obviously change in each book, but then evolve and change over three books? Yeah, I mean, that definitely is the challenge of a series, because I think, you know, when you're first writing it, 
um, you're not really thinking about that very long-term um, arc of a character. Well, certainly I wasn't. I mean, you, you, you're sort of, you know, you're putting little, um, you, you're setting up a universe and, of course, then, um, you know, you've kind of left yourself things to, to uh, you know, go deeper with in other books. So obviously her family relationships, I always knew that that could be something I could work mm. on in, in further books. So in that sense it was there. But I guess, um, you know, one of the things with, I guess, a detective character is, um, look, you know, there is a certain sort of, I guess, a, and maybe I'm answering your further question on too early, <laughs> but there is sort of like almost, you know, there's a point where you can't almost go too much further because that's yep. the series because, like at a certain point people go well that's just unrealistic that's so many bad things happening to this one person or to this one town you know it just becomes sort of unrealistic uh so I think what you can do is um change the I guess you know the situation for the character so that it is always within the you know, plausibility, you know, like you can't change the rules of the universe, you know, yeah. type thing. Yeah. So you've set up certain parameters for that universe and you've got to carry through with the rules of that universe. So she can change, but she can't change. Like, like for me, you know, one of the things I set up very early, I guess, was her, um, you know, I guess her fairly stable family, you know, with, with her kind of with her partner, Jeff. So I really didn't want to mess with that too much. I mean, I think that was kind of, uh, partly one of the things people liked about her that it wasn't sort of um, you know divorced and you know with a you know relationship breakdown etc. So that was part of her refreshingness. So then I didn't want to you know you're not wanting to mess with that too yeah. much. So you'd upset Ben things... Hobson too much. Like ben Hobson I know he was so, so I know he would be devastated. I, don't, if I, I think I don't, I don't think you can and break them up. I cannot. I know. I promised I wouldn't write yeah. in that first very first interview for the torrent. So I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Until book four, Ben, brace Until, yourself. Yeah, that's, exactly <laughs> that's when it all falls apart. Yeah, exactly. You know what? If you ever but, do break them up, let's like get Ben to read it and we'll get him on the podcast while he's reading that section aloud and we'll see sort of in real time what in real, his reaction. <laughs> like just, just the, the facial expressions. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, just Ben. We love you. Yeah. We love you, Ben. <laughs> yeah but yeah it is it is a it, it is a difficult thing because it, it is because you're focusing on the mystery of that of that book yep. but you, you're right you have to kind of see what makes sense for mm, a whole series journey. as a whole and I guess I mean what I would say is for this book um you know like like say for the the Torrent and Taken, I think the focus was very much, I guess, on her struggles with motherhood and trying to balance that with work life. And I felt that, I guess, with the third book I did, you know, she she's still obviously that's very much part of it, her identity and that's obviously um, still, um, you know, part of her everyday challenges. But I wanted to go beyond that and mm. I wanted to signal that with you know for the readers um and when you read when you kind of open the the book you know it's immediately on to kind of luke mm. is the first um, point of your character that you meet so yeah like I, I guess you know i'm signaling to the reader okay this is you know a slightly different it's still in her universe yeah but it makes sense it's, right yeah, because yeah. you know when you are pregnant there's different things that you're dealing with and managing and then you have a newborn and there's a million more things and then as they grow up you sort of feel like you're getting yourself back a little bit. So I think, you know, readers can really identify with that. 
Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to kind of extend her her kind of, I guess, the challenges she deals with, but also kind of remain true this, to the central tension of Kate, which is always that um, the, the thing she loves and the thing she's really good at, which is her work, is the thing that uh, puts her kind of in conflict with the needs of her family. So she's yep. always kind of, to a certain extent, having to choose between one yeah. or the other, you know, like having to juggle that. Don't so. we all? <laughs> yes, that's right. Exactly. So, so yeah. Now, Kate, in this book, she's obviously torn between her career and your words, strange brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I said estranged. As oh, in... estranged. Oh, how funny. I thought you said strange brother. Estranged. I'm not even going to edit that out. <laughs> Estranged. Estranged, as brother. in, you know. Yes, I, yes, I do. I, I understand. I'm so glad you, you checked that because I'm like, estranged, <laughs> <laughs> just estranged. Exactly. If you want to anyway. listen to a podcast where Danuka and I literally laugh for 30 minutes, this is your time. <laughs> oh this God. is your time. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to edit because I think it's too funny. Okay. Katie's caught between her career and her estranged brother. <laughs> Okay. Tell us about this conflict, Nuka. See how smooth that was? Oh, that was super smooth. <laughs> yeah, super. <laughs> um, so, so Kate and her brother, look, that was one of the things I really wanted to, uh, I guess, explore in this, which is, um, I guess, the relationships of siblings. And you know how the, how they, you're in the exact same family, you're going through the exact same events, you know, in history, but you often experience those those mm. um, kind of same experiences differently and you have different memories and you have different kind of experiences of parenthood as well because because uh, often, you know, depending on when you were born in, in the line of siblings, <laughs> you know, your parents are at a different place in their yeah. life and they are parenting you compared to when they were parenting. And there's all this evidence about birth order and what that means for your personality. And yeah, exactly. you kind of think, oh, as if that's true. But then I look at my own kids and it's so true, like the oldest, the rule following, you know, yep. doing <laughs> everything right. And then your youngest is kind of a bit wild. Yep. Exactly, <laughs> because you are freer, like you are kind of a bit more because you realise, oh, they, they won't break, you know, you can be a bit the more The kids are going to be you. okay. So you're Yeah, yeah exactly. I am watching this television show and you'll be fine. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So so I think, you know, there are these differences, um, even though you're brought up in the same kind of household, you know, and, and uh, you know, people, you know, and, and the relationships between siblings and between the siblings and their parents are slightly different and they yeah. have different angles. Yeah. And so then that plays out in, in, in their adult relationships and then how they as adults um, engage with each other but also with their parents, you know, as, as adults now. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I really find that a fascinating kind of, and, and just with so much, um, you know, like there's so much there that you can dig into, you know, those kind of complicated Absolutely. relationships, which is which I really enjoy. And I think with this book, um, uh, you know, the crux of the book is about, you know, um, Luke getting, you know, becoming this person of interest in this case and and what and that really for the very first time really for Kate, it forces her into 
like a different position because she's normally the detective you're like coming to the family and going hey mm-hmm. you know either you know arresting someone or, or or investigating them as a suspect or or dealing with the victims of a crime but for the first time she's on the other side where one of her loved ones has been accused of a crime or has been you know in, in like in the middle of a case yeah. so yeah. for her it's really the first time she has had to confront that idea of like how do you reconcile this person you've known like from childhood and have all these memories of him and you you love him with the person he's grown up to be and ha- and and then how do you kind of like insert or, or make room for this new information that you've got about this person or mm. this loved one and then what do you family. do about it exactly you know? you that you that? find out about yeah and then what where does that love go because the love mm. is still there but now it's complicated by this new information so how you deal with that so again I found that a um you know there's a lot of things to play around with yeah, in really interesting the topic so I thought that was a you know, that was interesting for Kate because that's the first time she's had to really confront that side of things, yeah. And just out of interest, what is your birth order with your siblings? Oh, I'm the um, second. <laughs> yeah, like well, there's two of us and the um, second. Oh, yeah. so you're the wild one. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I don't know about nice. that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. I can't answer that question, can I? <laughs> Someone else is not me. Anyone who knows Danuka, please comment on socials. <laughs> From one to ten, her wildness, please. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's this episode is wild, to be honest. Um, like I said, it's my second one. I'm pretty excited to be back. So I think we're just going all out. To we're, just, we're just going loose, you know. Going loose, loose. going put, loose. Put it all out there. It's totally fine. Loose. And I'm an only child and there are so many uh, misconceptions about only children. We won't even go there. Right. Okay. Cool. okay. <laughs> No comments on socials. They'll be deleted. Um, <laughs> now, now, I'd like to know, you know, yes. coming as a, as a fresh sort of author, winning the banjo, I'm still so impressed by that, um, and, then, and then third book in, how has your writing process or your writing, how have they evolved and changed? Well, um, I mean, t- t- to be honest, this one I would say has been the hardest project I have done by far like I mean not that I've like written that many things but you know of the three I would say this is very much the hardest kind of writing project I've ever embarked on and and I really had the delayed second book syndrome with this because this has ended up being because Taken was written before um you know we signed the contract so so I had that um you know already written I'm sure that was that was the case yeah and so um whereas this one I I went you know what, I was writing to contract from blank page. Okay. So so I found that actually quite difficult. Like, you know, in theory, like the time frame was sort of basically the same, you know. I, th- I think in theory I wrote the other one sort of in 12 months but I think it was the it was the it was the fact that there was a deadline and it, and it had to be good. And the pressure, and, you know, like I that, guess. that pressure, yeah, which I put on myself. And um, so I pitched an idea and so this was, I got the contract for this third book <clears throat> based on a, you know, a pitch of an idea um, and every single thing about that changed. So wow. <laughs> so we didn't, so I think basically I, in October last year, so it was due in sort of um, like the, that, you know, the, the, the manuscript was due back to the publisher in like February of last year and the October I threw away what I'd had. <laughs> 
by that point and I restarted it. So I started um, from zero and I had to call my publisher and go, oh, by the way, it's not working. It's in the And so I was just madly writing that entire time in, the, in that first few weeks of or the first couple of months of doing promotion on Taken, I was actually okay. right, like every yeah. minute I had, you know, going into state in the airport, I was like typing out a thing. Like it was just manic. Um, at the, <laughs> so that was pretty full on. Uh, but um, it was that I was actually listening to your episode with Gabe actually um, just earlier and, um, you know, he was talking about how certain ideas, you know, you need them, like you need time and, mm. and they come out of when you're kind of um, concentrating on something else, when you relax and you do, but, yep. but other things come out of pressure. Yeah. And I feel like this was my pressure book. Okay, you know? that's interesting. I was, yeah, I was, I was just sort of, I was just trying so hard to, because I knew it wasn't working. Like I knew at every stage it just wasn't there. I wasn't happy with it, wasn't happy with it. And each time I sent it to my publisher, I was like, I'm still not happy with it, but here, here, it's like good faith. You know, I've done the 9,000 words. I know it's not quite there yet, but, you know, I'm still working on it. And in the background, I was just still working on it, working on it, working on it. And, um, and, it, and, and clearly my subconscious had been, you know, mm putting the puzzle together in the background yeah. because finally it sort of came together in sort of, I think it was like June or something, uh, when I finally my subconscious went, well, what if? And there was, and it, it was interesting because there was this one assumption I'd made the entire way through, even from the point of writing when I pitched it, it was this one assumption I had made. And then my brain went, oh, but what if, what if it wasn't that assumption? And I went, oh, my God. And <laughs> all just like the heavens parted and it all just bang, 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 and it just came together. That's and so that was it. Yeah, mm. so that was, But you do yeah. have to sit with things, you know, and I know I, it's interesting yeah. that things come out of pressure and I'm glad they do. I'm not sure if they do for me. I think only thing comes out of pressure for me is anxiety. So oh, no, 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 I was totally, it was full anxiety. I mean, like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, that wasn't the thing. That wasn't the only thing that came out of pressure. It was like full like rabid anxiety um and and it was basically actually writing friends so Haley Scrivener and, and Elaine Campbell who ended up reading copies of my you know early drafts uh, especially Haley and she was like oh my god you're like vibrating with stress just give it to me <laughs> just like, but you know maybe that's not a bad thing with crime like maybe it's a bad thing if you're writing you know rom-com or yeah. something but maybe it's not a bad thing if you're writing crime maybe the book then vibrates with that energy you know yeah well I think you know it wasn't so much like the characters and, and that kind of thing but it was just more I knew the sort of the mm. plot mechanics it just wasn't there yeah. yet yeah um and, and you I always know that, don't you oh god yes yeah you, yeah. you fool yourself and, into going oh it's okay but you know yes. it's not and actually what you when you're talking about like I guess what I've learned over the three books over the three manuscripts um what I would say is I can tell earlier in the process when okay. things are wrong. You know, before I would probably have to, I would probably need someone to tell me about that. Okay. Whereas now I can recognise um, much earlier on in the piece and while I'm writing, in fact. That's um, a massive learning curve. Right? Yeah, and that, yeah, exactly. Massive, so, that's huge. And probably saving you so much time. So instead of, you know, 50,000 words in, which is the danger zone apparently, um, you know, maybe you know a lot earlier. So that's actually really good. You just have to sort of have the have the courage to go, okay, I know this isn't working exactly like you did yeah. in the bin and I know I've got something more. But it's, yeah. well, you've got to back yourself, right? You do. I mean, I just, 
in saying that, like, uh, thank God I, I didn't, it was nowhere near like sort of 50,000 words when I chucked that original scene, which also says something about that original pitch idea, which wasn't working because I think it was literally all that, all up to October, all I'd managed yep. was like, I think about 15,000 words, which mm-hmm. showed how, like, yeah. how much it wasn't working, how much I was struggling yeah. to kind of fit like you know yeah. to do that original idea so what the the seed of the idea remained in the sense that um I always knew it was something going to it was something to do with Luke and that he would become central to the mystery so that seed remained but everything else around it from the setting from the um from from the characters from kind of the the professions what they did like all the situations everything every single thing changed and I remember because when I got the edits back and, and my um, publisher, she had a um, chat to me over the phone and she started listing all the coincidences. Because she, she was like, oh, I really like it, blah, blah, blah. So, and then she just started listing all of the coincidences and I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh. And she went, uh, oh, no, no, you can fix it through, but, you know, like having more conversations between these characters so it's not blah, blah. And I'm like, no. And so I ended up basically pulling an entire character who was at the time the the baddie and um yeah just coming up with a brand new kind of ending and mm, villain but I love all of this because I just think you know you see this gorgeous book and it is a gorgeous book it's actually really nice to hold by the way um <laughs> that's how I judge a book I don't judge okay, by cool. its cover I judge it by yes. how it feels in my Absolutely. hands and it feels nice <laughs> but yeah you get this beautiful shiny book that feels nice and it's really nice to hear you know that so much went into getting it right, you know, mm. to get to this point, you had to do all of those things that you just explained. I think, uh, you know, like pulling that curtain back, I think it's really refreshing for writers to be able to, and, and readers and, and aspiring writers to go, yeah, okay, this is, you know, to get to a point where anything creative is great, you do have to go through all those processes. And it's different every time for everybody. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it, t- it totally is, you know, and mm. I think, and that's what I learned as well. Like no writing project is um, the same. Like just yeah. because you've written before, it doesn't mean that this time around it'll be the exact same process because mm. you're a different pr- person. Your writing craft has, has hopefully improved, you know, like and you're in a different place, yeah, mental space right. and all the rest of it, and you're trying to, so that that writing project reflects where you are at that moment in in, in time, you know. Mm. So yeah. And I know you've also been involved in, you know, the organization of writing festivals, etc. So you've been involved in the industry for a while. But after, you know, having that also different angle as a writer, what have you learned about the industry in the last couple of years? Ooh. Um, I mean, I think, you know, it it shows sort of how much work um goes into sort of every book you know what I mean like it's 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 sort of um it's very easy I think from the outside to go oh you know blah blah blah, you know whatever and and you know and and particularly like the whole typo thing and and all that kind of stuff but it's like I like I I kind of um liken it almost to sort of you know you're weeding 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 it's not because none of us have tried like we've all been there like we've all been weeding 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 and it's like the final little things that you know that were missed or um that could have been better or whatever is not because it was you know actively not done it was because 
it was after like a hundred versions of going through yeah. it and many, many, many different eyes. And the, the and the thing with even editors is once they've read your book, even once or twice, like again, they they also know what you're trying to do. So sometimes even because we're all human, we we know what we're trying to do or what we want the, that sentence yeah. to say, and we kind of our brains see what it wants to see. And so you, you know, um, but like you've 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 in the meantime you've been kind of creating this whole kind of garden like you like you've you've moved the trees from over here then you have the whole thing and you, like you don't see all of that work that yeah. goes into it right you might pick the final you know whatever pebble that was put in the wrong place but that's like the absolute end stage and all this work has gone into it yeah, you know so absolutely. um yeah so I think it's just the amount of work that mm. goes into each of those books I know I know I actually I kind of love it in some way because it's just like every book has been so loved before it gets on the shelf, yes. you know. I even noticed that with picture books. I'm like, wow, the hours that goes into a picture book with minimal words. Like I love that we just respect the craft so much. Yeah, and I think particularly like with picture books, it's almost like that kind of amazing alchemy of like it's sort of like adding to the words because it's mm, like it's yeah. almost always saying something additional to the words yeah, or like you can almost right. well sometimes it's like saying Opposition. something opposite. yeah yeah so yeah. like this the story both those things are telling the story because the words might be saying something and actually the illustration might be saying something else yeah. and both of those things give you the Come story thing. Yeah, yeah like it's and it's it's that's a very cool thing because yeah i think they're pretty special working so collaboratively. I'm a bit biased yeah. but i do <laughs> oh no not at all no it's cool it's such a cool um, art form like picture books is a, yeah, it's a i agree you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now a question I always ask everyone, I've asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again, because I think it changes over time. Uh, why do you write? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what I would say is particularly what this book has taught me. Like, I mean, I certainly um both the torrent and taken you know I was still very unsure of myself as a writer I had I really hadn't got to a place where I trusted myself as a writer um you know and I was still very kind of um yeah like that imposter syndrome not not that I'm saying like I'm completely over <laughs> imposter syndrome and I'm this incredibly confident writer but what I proved to myself with tipping point is that I I did that like I I really truly properly pushed myself mm-hmm. um you know and I thought I'd push myself with the other two books but but this was like I properly pushed myself and I, I was very that. um pleased you know I was very proud of how it sort of it you know like you know how it ended up you know with, with so much like pushing myself to that and 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 it pushed me to writing territory that I hadn't gone to before it pushed me to kind of twist territory that I hadn't been to before and then this was the first book that you know I didn't well you know in that first draft I thought I knew the the uh the villain but clearly that wasn't meant to be a villain and so I was you know and then when I was redrafting you know I didn't know who the villain was I didn't know how it was going to end you know and I was I was redrafting it to to make this thing work um and as I said until the kind of the heavens parted in, in June um you know I didn't have a solution um that I was happy with and it, and it finally came so it like I guess why do I continue to write? Because I didn't even realize I had that resource in me, mm. you know, to to push myself and to and to somehow craft this kind of twist that um, there's no way when I was writing the torrent it would have even I would have even thought of that, you know. Um, 
And so it means that I can continue to push myself. And that is exciting because when when that when that fell into place, it was like this, it was like, you know, it was the most amazing feeling to go, oh crap, like I thought of that. Like, or you know, I mean it may, it may not be amazing to someone else, but I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Because oh, you just- are allowed to celebrate your achievements here yeah, to yeah. car. We don't do it enough. We're all yeah. very humble in Australia. I was like, oh, no, stop. But, no, we're definitely yeah. allowed to celebrate yourself here. Well, that's right. So it's that pushing yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's but that's a great answer yeah. because I love when you find that stuff in yourself you didn't even know existed, like that yes. self-learning and like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. So oh, I love that answer. It's a great answer. Yeah. One of my favourites. Oh, cool. Now... I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but I feel like after over 600 episodes and I reckon I've asked a million questions to people, then I just say, see ya. Uh, But I've decided to turn the tables and allow the people that I do know well. uh, I know people are just going to ask me the worst questions by the end of the year. They're going to think up these really wild questions. But it's a kind of a a revenge, turn the tables, ask me anything, Danuka. Mm -hmm. Anything, okay. anything. Okay. Well, I'm glad you gave me kind of a bit of a heads up about this because otherwise I would have been just like, oh, my God, what am I asking? <laughs> um, so I did kind of think about it. I'm going to keep it in the crime space because that's what Ooh, kind of what we've been okay. talking about. All right. Hit me. So because I know, I know you're a huge crime reader and obviously for the podcast you've read like a million crime books um, and I also know you've been a judge for the netties and, you know, so you've really got that kind of um you know, you've read a lot of crime. So I wanted to know, based on your reading, what are you, I mean, what are the trends that you're seeing in contemporary crime fiction and what are, what do you, what are the trends that you're finding most compelling or kind of exciting for you? Hmm, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think it's the the exciting one I'm finding exciting. I do love all types of crime and the, the thrillers and those traditional sort of crime stories I do. But what I'm really enjoying, I think, is just a little bit, Um, of a little breaker and relief, I guess, is those crimes that also have that little bit of quirkiness or comedy to it. So Kill Your Husbands, you know, by Jack Heath or your Ben Stevenson's book, you know, everyone in my family has killed someone and the the one on the train. And I just like the idea that you're coupling these really dark things with a little bit of humour and a little bit of quirk and a little bit of silliness. And for me, I'm just really digging that at the moment. I think there's more space for that. And I, I also love how crime fiction, you know, the, the scope of the genre is just endless, which I love because you can go to cozy, you can go to horror, you can go to detective, you can go to domestic. And now I feel like there's this other little shoot off where it's this kind of quirky, funny, let's kind of almost make fun of crime, but we're not. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. It's like, like, kind of a, like a little, yeah, and it's like a bit of a wink to the to yes. the audience. Like, you know what we're doing, and it's that that kind of cool thing. It's that that fourth wall thing. Yes, uh, I'm calling yeah, it yeah, playful crime. Yes, <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's just made cool. it up just then. <laughs> okay, um, cool. but, but that's what I'm, playful crime. Yeah, it'll go viral. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just I'm really digging that space. I think yeah. because um, you know sometimes. I don't know about you, but I like to read multiple books at a time and depending on my mm. mood, you know, depending which one I want to want to read. And sometimes you just, you want the crime, but you don't mind that little layer of sort of humour or quirk over it. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm finding exciting. Still love all the it. others. And just yes. at this moment, ask me the question in, you know, a week, it'll probably change again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, that's a great answer. Oh, cool. Thank you so much for chatting to me. I love this book, like I said, if you're looking for it in stores, because by the time this episode is out, it will be released. Just look 
the Danuka Mackenzie in font. What do you think? 150, 200, 700? I don't know. It's big. <laughs> but go and do yourself a favour and pick up this book. You'll probably read it in one session. And thank you so much, Nuka. I look forward to all the other exciting things that I know you have in the pipeline and see what else you can dig out from yourself. Oh, no. Let's see how we go. Thank you so much, Danny. Love your work as always. Thank you so much for having me.